Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, listeners, and thank you so much for joining in tonight to our B series. The Lord has given me the acrostic B-E, and then he has allowed me to attach a word to it. For example, the first week, we talked about be free. Second week, be blessed. The last week, be bold. And tonight, we're going to talk about be encouraged. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you, but this series has truly been a blessing to me, and it has helped me to perfect the way that I interact with people, how I communicate with people. Um, I've been able to practice this on my job, working with my um, high school students and with my colleagues um, there. And it's been such, it's just been a blessing to me. God is so good and he does everything in perfect timing and in perfect order. And he gives us everything that we need right when we need it. Amen. With the seasons that we're going through, God pours into us everything we need for that season. So I thank God for this teaching. I thank God for this series. And let me tell you something. It ministers to me first before I give it out to you. God is working on me. God is dealing with me. God is perfecting me on the word that he allows me to deliver. So just know that I am first partaker of this word. I am the first one God is healing and and delivering and and setting free and perfecting and and cleaning up so that I look more like him. And so I really do thank God for this word, and I thank you for tuning in to this series. I don't know when we're going to be finished, but whenever the Lord says move on, we'll move on. Until then, we'll stay under the glory cloud and get what God has for us. Amen. So, God, we thank you for tonight, God. We thank you for today, actually, for how you blessed us throughout this day, how you blessed us at work, Father God. You blessed us as we relaxed today, if we were off today. God, thank you for watching over us, for keeping us, for being an ever-present help to us, for being that friend that we need. God, we thank you that you are everything that we need, and we welcome you into this moment. God, we welcome you into this space, into this teaching, and pray that you will have your way. God, minister to us at the very point of our need, Father. God, help us to take in what you would have us to take in as far as being an encourager, being an encourager to ourselves and being an encourager to others. Oh, God, so help us, God, to just set out our heart, set out our cup so that you can fill us up during this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to get right into the word of God. So as you know, the Lord has given me the B series as an acrostic. Acrostic is simply a poem that you either take a word or a phrase and you spell it out, like my name is Stephanie, and so I will take the S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E and attach a word to each letter that describes who I am. So that's what we're doing tonight. Actually, that's what we've been doing in our teaching the last few weeks, and we'll continue that on tonight and be encouraged. So this one's kind of long, so I am going to move fairly quickly so that we can get in all that God has for us. So the B, the first B for B-E-B, is bully-free. I was really surprised when I heard bully-free. Thank God that he gave it to me. So y'all know I love dictionary.com. <coughs> Excuse me. And so a bully is described in dictionary.com to be a blustering, quarrelsome, overbearing person who habitually badgers and intimidates 
smaller or weaker people. Think about the devil. You know how the devil does. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. He is after who we are. He is trying to kill our destiny. He's trying to destroy what the Lord, the work that the Lord has already done within us. Y'all know the devil is a bully. He comes after us when we are weak. He comes after us when we are struggling. He comes after us when we are going through. But God is declaring for us to live bully-free, for us to take up our weapons against the enemy and fight him with the weapons of our warfare, with the, the armor that the Lord has given us in Ephesians 6. God is calling for us to fight against the enemy so our lives will be bully-free, but he's also calling us to fight for our sisters and brothers in the Lord. We know when our sisters and brothers are struggling, sometimes the Lord will put will bring their name up in our spirit or Sometimes God will allow us to see them, you know, at the grocery store or while we're out and about and we see that they're struggling or even on Sunday mornings or for Wednesday night Bible study or Thursday night Bible study, Tuesday night Bible study, we see them and they look down, they look discouraged, they look sad. Well, God is calling for us to intercede for them, to pray for them, that God will heal them, that God will deliver them, that God will be a strength to them as they're going through this struggle, that God will protect them from the the hand of the enemy, that God will make the provision that is needed for them to get out of the trouble that they're in. So God wants us to live bully-free in that we fight against the ultimate bully of our soul, and that's the enemy. God is telling us to be encouraged to fight against the enemy because his weapons will not prosper, but we've got to use the weapons that God has given us in order for those weapons not to prosper. Amen. So God is calling for us to stand firm against the enemy in our lives and in the lives of our sisters and brothers. Y'all know how it is when you were in school. You saw a bully messing with your girl your girl or your homeboy. You were ready to fight, right? Or it was your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your sister or your brother. You were ready to fight, right? So the bully of our soul is the enemy. And God wants us to live a bully-free life in that we fight against the enemy of our soul. And, y'all, if we win every single time against the enemy, but we've got to fight against them. Amen. For ourselves, for our families, and for our sisters and brothers in the Lord. Even for those who, who may be our enemy, it's oh, sometimes, let me tell you something. Even the people that would do you the greatest harm is the person that needs the most prayer, the person that needs the most love, because the enemy has got them. And because the enemy has them, they're hurting others. They're trying to lash out. And so that's the very person that we need to pray the most for, because they are in in the most need. So they need to be um, interceded for so that the bully of their soul, so they can get detached from that bully that is hard-pressing them, okay? So we need to make sure that we are fighting against the enemy, that we are living a life that's free from our bully, the devil, and 
and and to pray for others so that they can live a bully-free life. I also want to mention and be, being bully-free because sometimes we can turn into a bully in that we are judgmental of others. Like we do a lot of judging of others, especially family members, friends, people that are close to us. I am opinionated. I, I will admit I am very opinionated. I have something to say about everybody and everything. But even me, I need to make sure that I'm not being a bully in that I'm judging people or speaking harshly to people or looking down on people because they're struggling or because I don't think they are who they should be or where they should be. So we should in turn make sure that we are not being the bully of those who may be weaker in the faith or those who may be struggling and we feel like right now we're on top. Okay? So let's make sure that we're not turning in that person who intimidates or badgers others. Amen? Amen. So let's live bully-free. All right, so the E in our B is excited. So God is calling for us to be excited about the word of God, to be excited about living for him. Now, y'all know how it is in this life. It is tough sometimes to live on the face of this earth with all the crime that goes on, with the current president that we have that is not for all Americans. He's only for certain groups. Um, Even being on the job, sometimes our boss doesn't treat us like he or she should. Our coworkers get to acting a fool and try to mess with us. Sometimes our family members are going through struggles and we hate to see them going through, but it just is what it is sometimes, you know, because of the choices they've made. Sometimes we struggle because of the choices that we've made. So life can be tough. We face issues. We face trials. We face uh, tests. Sometimes we face backlash, even for being a woman of God, even for being a man of God, for standing strong in our state. But God is still desiring for us to be excited about being his children, excited about being his daughter, excited about being his son, excited about the work that he has commissioned us to do in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and declaring that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus sets free. Jesus can get you out of that situation that you are in and showing love. God wants us to be excited. That's how the world will know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ when we show love one to another. We need to be excited about showing love even to our enemy, yes, even to those people that we know don't like us, yes, even to that boss who we know can't stand us and tries to do everything to get us um, to 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 do wrong or the job or to leave the job, even showing love to him, even showing love to her. We are to be excited about who we are in Christ Jesus. Again, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of struggle and trial and test, because guess what, y'all? We win. I've already said it before. This is a fixed fight. We win. There is nothing that happens on the face of this earth to us that God doesn't know about, that God isn't concerned about, and that God won't deliver us from. Amen? Amen. So Colossians 2 and 15, I don't think I wrote that one down, and I didn't. So I'm going to grab my Bible. It's right here. And I'm going to look up Colossians 2 and 15 so we can get the encouraged in the word of God. Amen? Amen. I am turning there very, very quickly. Colossians 2 and 15 in the King James Version, it says, and having spoiled, let me let me read, no, I do want to read 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, 
he, meaning Jesus, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In other words, God, excuse me, Jesus, in his work on the cross, in rising again on the third day, he spoiled principalities and powers. That means that the devil is defeated because of Jesus' victory on the cross. So regardless of the tests and the trials and the struggles that we face on this earth, we are triumphant. We are victorious. We win every single time, and we ought to be excited about it, even though it's rough going through, y'all. I know it's rough, it's tough, it's hard when we are in the midst of a storm, but we should be excited because God is bringing us through on the other side. Amen. Romans 8 and 38 tells us that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, for the them that are called according to his purpose. So I'm telling you, it's working for our good. It's, it, we're coming out victorious. We're coming out tri- triumphant. We are overcomers, even in the struggles in our lives, and we ought to be excited excited about it. Hallelujah. When the bully of our soul tries to come and get us off kilter, get us off focus, we need to tell him, shush, get out my face. I'm excited because there is victory on the other side. Amen. Amen. So we are to be excited. Let me keep on moving. So our next E is exemplary. Exemplary. So exemplary, in, according to dictionary.com, is worthy of imitation or commendable. So in other words, we need to be an example of Jesus Christ on the face of this earth. I know we we do go through, we do have trials, but we should not look like what we've been through. We shouldn't even look like what we're going through. We should have a pleasant disposition. We should have a smile on our face, even in the midst of our trials and tests. We are to be an example of Jesus Christ, an example of his love, an example of his healing, an example of deliverance, an example of joy, an example of peace, an example of overcoming for those who don't know Jesus, or even for those who may have seen an example of Jesus. Maybe it was wasn't the right example. Maybe their example of Jesus was abuse, you know, could have been their preacher father that abused them. And that was the only quote unquote example of Jesus that they saw. So that's how they think it is. No, wrong example. We are to be a true and living example of the true and living God, Jesus, upon the face of the earth. Titus 2 Chapter 2, verse 1 and 8 reads, I'm reading the New Living Translation, I think. It could be NIV, I'm not sure, but I'm going to read it. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. There's more to that that I'm not going to get into right now. Verse 6, 
in the same way encourage the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching, the truth, so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing to say about us. So this is a great example in Titus chapter 2 of how we should live as an example of Jesus Christ on the face of the earth. Uh, Paul, as he wrote to Titus, broke down the, the character of the young woman, the, the older woman, the young man, the older man, these are examples that we should follow in order to show the world how we are to live as Christians, in order to show the world who Jesus is. Amen. Also, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 3 Imitate God. <laughs> that's, that's enough said, right? Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. So not only should we live a life of, of, of love, a life of peace, a life of joy, we should live a life of holiness before the world. The world sees enough immorality on the TV. Like we see enough homosexual uh, activity on the TV. We see enough fornication and adultery on the TV. So we as Christians in this real life that we're living should live a life of morality, should live a life of holiness, should live a life of our love walk before others so that they will know the heart of who Jesus is. So be exemplary. Amen. And then the end is no nonsense. I think I've used no nonsense before, but we're going to share it again. Uh, so no nonsense is not tolerating anything frivolous or trifling, being practical, not fancy or complicated. So in this, God was speaking to me, to me about us being mindful of the company that we keep. We should be mindful that we are entertaining conversations that are encouraging that are uplifting, that are used for edifying others. We should not be involved in conversations that are, are about gossip, talking about people, slandering people, negative towards people. We should not be involved in those types of conversation, conversations. We should not tolerate those type of trifling conversations. I was at work on Wednesday. No, it was because today's Thursday. So it was Monday, I think it was. We had cleaned up the campus. The kids left last Friday, but this week we cleaned up the campus. We did our evaluations. And so I was with a group of my coworkers who were just sitting under the uh, canopied uh, table outside, just chit-chatting, enjoying the conversation, you know, of my colleagues. And the, then the conversation turned to talking about something that, la that happened last summer, and I was livid. But I, I walked away. You know, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell if I should have addressed the conversation, but I felt 
that walking away was the best choice for me to make at that time. And it, I mean, I was hot. Like, I was steaming because it was so disrespectful to the individuals that this situation happened to last year. And the thing about it, another thing about it is the group of people that, that was I'm involved in the conversation, weren't there last summer. Like it was only a few of us sitting at the table, about eight or nine of us sitting, maybe between seven and nine of us sitting there. And only maybe three of us were there last summer. The rest of them weren't. And so it just, it, it ticked me off and made me mad, but I walked away because I was like, I'm not going to entertain this gossip. I'm not going to entertain this negativity. And sometimes we just have to walk away, whether it's a, a group of colleagues, it could be even a group of family members. Sometimes we just need to walk away from situations. But then on in turn, sometimes we need to address situations. Sometimes we need to address when we hear our family members or our coworkers or our friends slandering people and talking about people, gossiping about people. We need to address that. Sometimes walk away, follow the Holy Ghost, do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do, but we should not allow ourselves to be involved in those types of conversations. So we need to be no nonsense, not tolerating anything frivolous or trifling. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to, because my time is leaving me, I'm not going to get into the practical or the fancy, um, not fancy or complicated. Maybe if I come back to that end, we'll get to it at another time. So the C in encouraging is caring. We need to feel concerned about other people. Like I know that it's difficult sometimes to think about others because we get so caught up in our own lives, making sure our bills are paid, making sure that our home is taken care of, our spouse is cared for, our children are cared for. And sometimes we can forget that there are people that are struggling. There are people that are without food. There are people that are homeless. There are people even in our congregations that we, you know, sisters and brothers we see every Sunday or throughout the week that are struggling, that are without things. But God is calling for us to be caring towards them, to feel some concern about them. Sometimes that concern can simply be interceding for them. Sometimes that concern can be showing forth love by a hug or a handshake. Sometimes a holy handshake is showing concern. Y'all know what a holy handshake is, is when you take some money, you shake another person's hand, you give them that money. That's what we consider a holy handshake. You know, sometimes that concern for other people could be babysitting that the, the children of that single mother who we know is struggling. We know she needs some time to herself and and and, and giving her that time to herself means babysitting for her children. It could be cooking a meal for her and her family and taking it over so she doesn't have to worry about cooking that night. She just can be concerned about, you know, making sure the kids are doing their homework, you know, getting their bath and getting to bed. You know, it could be seeing that brother who may be struggling, taking care of his family. You know, maybe his wife lost a job and he's a sole provider at this time and he just looks discouraged. Sometimes just encouraging him, man of God, you are doing wonderful. You're being a great example of a husband, a great example of a father to your family, just showing words of encouragement and kindness to him. So we need to be caring for other people, not always focus on me, 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 but we need to focus our attentions outward and helping those who are in need. So we need to care about other people. Okay, our O is outgoing. Proverbs 18 and 26, it says, A man who finds friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who who sticks closer than a brother. Now, I'm not saying that we have – now, outgoing means friendly and social. 
I'm not saying you have to go out and make friends with everybody. I wanted to share that scripture because we need to be friendly towards other people. We need to be sociable towards other people, especially those who aren't saved. You know, it may be a new family that has just come to the church, and, you know, we need to reach out to that family. Again, not that we're trying to be friends with them, but just let them know, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you and your family have joined our congregation. Thank you for being here and being a part, you know, of our family. Just being outgoing, being friendly to people, even people we see as we're out and about. Y'all know I love to say the grocery store and Target or, or Walmart, wherever you are, just being friendly to people. If someone um, drops, you know, maybe they have a bundle of stuff in their hand and it falls to the floor, be friendly and help them out. You know, help them pick it up. Go get a cart for them so they can put their stuff in a cart. You know, just be friendly to people. Be sociable. It's okay to smile to people. It's okay to say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, you know, good to see you. Glad you're here. We need to be outgoing sociable, showing ourselves friendly, again, as an example of Jesus Christ. I had, oh, I do have a story about that. So there's a couple, um, they have a, it's a couple and the daughter, and they come to our, they were coming to our church very regularly and were active, and then they decided, you know, not to come anymore. Well, they came back to visit, I want to say maybe it was in March or April, And I spoke to the wife. I couldn't remember her husband's name, but I spoke to her and I said, hey, you know, like Stephanie, like I called out her name. And she looked at me and she smiled. She said, do you remember my name? I said, yes, of course. You know, said her name again. It's so glad to have you. I'm glad your family is here to visit. And it really was a blessing to her, you know, for me just to remember her name. And so, again, we need to be outgoing. We need to be sociable. We need to be friendly to others because it's a blessing to them. Whether you see the fruit of of you being friendly, it's a blessing to others when we're friendly, okay? So let's just do that in Jesus' name. Okay, so our you is unique. Yes, y'all know where I'm going with this. Y'all know my favorite scriptures when I talk about being unique. Proverbs 139 and 14, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And First Peter 2 and 9, we are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a, which one am I missing? Chosen generation, holy nation, peculiar people, Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to look it up now. Which one am I? Okay, let me look it up because I don't forgot. First Peter 2 and I, I'm turning there quickly because I want to read it in your hearing. I don't forgot what First Peter is. Y'all don't be laughing at me at your homes and things. Okay, so First Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. How forget me in a royal priesthood. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God is calling us to be unique. You don't have to look like anybody else. You don't have to talk like anybody else. You don't have to preach like anybody else, teach like anybody else. God made you unique. You are an original. And sometimes I've seen it. I've seen people trying to imitate other people and it backfires every time. Nobody can be you. Nobody can do what you can do. Nobody can love like you do. Nobody can help like you do. Nobody can read the scripture like you do. Nobody can hug like you do. So God is calling for us to be the unique individuals that he has called us to be. Amen. Amen. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank God for that. And I have to say this because I just finished, you know, working with children, people of color. We talked a lot about social injustices over this summer. And and I just want to say 
in our world, y'all y'all know how it is in our world today, white is considered to be the standard of beauty. And then if you want to go further, blonde hair, blue eyes is the standard of beauty. But no, people of color, brown people, black people, Asians, and the people of color includes everybody who's not white, African-Americans, Asians, Latinos, um, and everybody else who's not white, we are such a beautifully diverse group of people. We are so unique in our color. African-Americans, we're unique in our hair. We're unique in our body type. We are just a unique group of people as people of color. And though people try to take away our uniqueness by saying that we're ugly, by saying dark is just, you know, not the standard of beauty. No, God made us the the color, the gender that he wanted us to be. He made us unique, and we should embrace all of our uniqueness, whether we're thin, whether we're large, whether we're apple-shaped, pear-shaped, brown-shaped, skinny-shaped. We should embrace all of who we are, whether our hair is straight, curly, kinky. We should embrace all of who we are because, again, God made us this way. He made us unique, and he wants to embrace that. Amen. Amen. You know what? My time is up. I am going to have to finish Be Encouraged next week, and I'm really disappointed, but this was a long one, y'all. So next Thursday at 6 o'clock, we're going to finish Be Encouraged. I hope you enjoyed the teaching on tonight. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this entire series. I'm excited to see where God takes us on this series. And so thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for being a part of Be Free Ministries. If you want to know more about our ministry, visit us at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash be free ministries nc look if nobody has told you that they love you i love you we at be free ministries we love you this is be free ministries signing off